0: This is a shear on Likut Siches, Chelek, Tes Zayin, Voeira, Dalad, Sicha of Voeira. Put on your seatbelts. Get ready for a beautiful ride. In the pasuk, Vayet Aharonis is Aharon raised his hands, Vata Alat and the frogs went up. Vata Chasa says, Mitzrayim. I said the frogs, mm-hmm. but actually the word means the frog, singular, went up. Vatachas said, Simon covered over the land of Egypt. So Rashi quotes the words, Fata the frog went up. And he explains, so it was one frog, and they beat it. And it would give forth swarms and swarms of frogs. So, in other words, you know, it doesn't say here, big frog. But it would seem, and let's see if uh, through the Sikha we, we, we find any re- uh, reference to it. But, so they beat the frog. It also, Rashi doesn't say who, but hoyu. We'll see the Rebbe quotes. Another midrashim says actually the Egyptians beat it. But they beat the frog. And it gave, kind of gave, uh, splintered out or, 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 you know, crumbed out into swarms of frogs that came from it. So in Pashto, simply speaking, Rashi wants to explain, what is he trying to explain? He says, why does it say that the one singular frog went up? We know that there was a swarms, huge amounts of frogs. That's right, it was a plague. The whole Egypt was plagued with frogs. That's why Rashi explains that in the beginning, there was just one frog. But through the fact that they were beating this one frog, it brought about that swarms of frogs came forth from it. The Gemara and also the Medrash Shmai Yisraba, discuss the same question. What does it say, Vatalas atzvadeh, singular, that the frog went up? And they bring two opinions. There's Rabbi Akiva who says it was one frog and this frog spawned forth many other frogs and it filled the whole Egypt. In other words, it was a frog and it kind of gave birth, spawned. Let us think the language. Uh, many other frogs, to the extent that it filled the whole Egypt. And Rabbi Elizabeth Azariah says it was one frog and that frog gave a whistle and the rest bo- and the rest came. <laughs> you know, we have the joke, you know if you kill the bug, you hope that, that uh, all his relatives don't come for the funeral. You have a lot of bugs. Here they have some kind of a secret code. He's saying they gave a whistle and all the frogs came. So we have to understand. Birish Rashi is, as we know, based on Pshotei Shalmik on the simple understanding of the puzzle Since we have an axiom since we have one of the rules of Yiddishkeit, of Torah, which the Rebbe quotes here in the Horus from the Droshes of the Ran, Rabbeinu Nisim. And that's a rule that Hashem doesn't make a miracle for nothing. And says the Rebbe, we've discussed at length that this also makes sense in Pshat, which means to say that, uh, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's an accepted value, and it's accepted, it, it's an accepted... Um, premise that we have based on that we look that's a, that's the basis of how we view many things in the Torah well, because Hashem could do every anything right so why do we have to go out and work no Hashem does, wants doesn't want to do a miracle when he doesn't have to he wants a natural world that's also a rule in the Torah so we have to understand why is it Hashem here does a ace that, uh, that that seems to be extraordinary out of this world totally so even though it's something that happens, so if, we have a, a, uh, if we have an intellectual concept that Hashem doesn't do a miracle for nothing, we need to understand, even in hindsight, why certain things happened the way they happened if they didn't have to happen in such a miraculous way. So therefore, in explaining the uh, miracle of the, of the frogs uh, being a plague in Egypt, we should try and explain it seemingly, even in Pshut HaShemik, we explain it in the most natural way possible. So right as Rashi bring the spirit of the message that they were beating the frog and it was splitting out into swarms and swarms of frogs, which such a nice, such a miracle that through banging, hitting the frog, there should be newly created swarms of frogs coming out of it, has no, has no place. There's no, there's no um, basis for it in the ways of nature. So he could have easily used the pshat of the Gemara and the Medrash, which although it's miraculous, but Rebbe Lesben Azariah says that this that this frog whistled and others came. So that, as Rashi explains there, when explaining when he explains in the Gemara the Shit of Rebbe Lesben Azariah, he says that they heard all the frogs in the world heard the voice, the shriek, the whistle of this one frog, and they all came. It was a. It was a mayday all the frogs came so from this we understand now that that's that's a miracle but it's not a new creation it's the miracle that 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 there was a a mobilization of all the frogs in the world but there were frogs in the world and they all came so there's it's it's it's, the 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 putting together of it is definitely miraculous but not the actual the actual the, the actual concept similarly even Rabbi Akiva says that this one frog spawned forth many frogs and filled the whole Egypt which is a huge amount of frogs and obviously that had to be a creation in a miraculous way but it's not a new concept there is the concept that frogs give birth to other frogs they spawn other frogs so now all we have to do is talk about it happening in a miraculously um, a, a, a magnified way, the proliferation of frogs coming out of one frog is not—that's not natural. That's a major miracle, but it's not new frogs being created when you hit that one frog, which is even greater miracles. Why does Rashi have to go to the far extreme of the miracle and say it in that way? Um, Rashi said it. It's not. There's a medrash. Rashi, Rashi brings up from a medrash. It's based on a tanchum It seems. Why? But there's another medrash. Where, which seems to be a little bit less miraculous. Why doesn't Rashi go with that one? Base. Then Rashi continues and says, this that I told you, there was one frog and they beat it, and other frogs, swarms of frogs came from it, this is the Medrash. In the simple understanding we can say, we can say, the swarm of the mass, of swarming frogs, is called by a name that's a singular name. Similarly, When we say that the uh, talking about the lice, so lice, plural. One lice is kina. Lice plural is kinim. Lice. And the passage says, and when it talks about the lice coming forth in Egypt, which Rashi explains to mean harichisha, the swarming. The teeming mass of swarming lice is all included in that word, this swarming mass of lice. And in order, the Benchamish Lemek of the Firey Ocean understand it even better, so Rashi gives us even the old French, the Laz. And he says, that the teeming mass of swarming lice is called in French, and says, Rashi also, in that same vein, we can understand the simple meaning of the word. Talking about, it's not a singular frog, rather it's the swarm of frogs. And the and the translation for that in the French would be grinolira. So we have to understand. First of all, Rashi comes to explain Pshutishamik in the simple reading of the Pasuk. Only when it doesn't fit smoothly in its simplistic translation, does Rashi bring an agoda, brings a, a medrash that makes the Pasuk more understandable. So why here does the Rashi first bring a Medrash? If he has a way to explain it in Pshutai, he usually should bring first the Pshat. Also we don't understand, (laughs) Melef Rashi needs a Raya. That... It doesn't mean the frog, but it means the teeming or the swarm of frogs, like a herd of cattle, but here you have a swarm of frogs. So that's why it says it in a singular, so we can understand that Rashi needs to bring a proof about that, because that's a Chiddush. However... It's difficult to say it. You know, as we understand right. why he finds difficulty in this Nizarayah, because it's it's difficult to say that the name Svardeya should also mean the swarm of frogs. It doesn't say it in the Pasuk. This concept of a swarm is not unique to frogs. In other words, it's not like, um, you know, there's a school of fish, for example. So for some reason, because fish stick together, we use the word school for fish. There's a herd of cattle. Talking about a swarm of frogs, frogs are not unique any other in, 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 than any other kind of um, creepy crawlies in that sense. So why would there be a separate word to denote, not frog, frog is a separate uh, species. Why would there be a separate word to denote a swarm of frogs? Why would that have its own unique word? Um, It really applies to all kinds of shrutz and all kinds of reptiles and creepy crawlies, not just about frogs. So that's what Rashi brings. No, we do find it, for example, vatihi hakinam. Rashi says, by lice, even though kinam, Really, if it wanted to say one louse it's kino if it wanted to say plural it's kinim it doesn't say kinim it says kinom so he says that means a teeming swarm of lice there's a special word for a swarm of lice even though the concept of rechisha, the swarm the 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 the, the, the teeming swarm the teeming mass could really be used by for all other kinds of creepy crawlies now Sarashi's showing that with kinim you see that that, that that there's a word in Hebrew in the torah that means the swarm of And it doesn't say plural, it means, it says singular, it's referring to the swarm of many lives together, so, similar here, the swarm of frogs, even though it uses a singular language, it's talking about the singular swarm. In other words, if the concept of a teeming swarm of frogs would be different than any other reptiles, any other creepy crawlies, so then, okay. You you want to individualize it and speak about the frogs, the swarm of frogs. Um, but it doesn't. Um, they made to the say like, yeah. Even though um, the Rashi's proof from kinim, that's why Rashi needs to prove. Rashi says, but Rashi's proof from kinim is not so simple. It's not so smooth. Why? Because in, in, um, in, with kinim there is a difference in the vowelization. It doesn't say kinim, plural, it says kinom. It doesn't say kina, singular, it says kinom. Something in between which tells us there is some kind of a, 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 a singular thing here, which is not a single louse. And it's also talking about a singular entity which is not lice, so it's talking about the teeming mass of lice. That is referred to, the swarm is referred to as, as kinom. But here the word svardea, it's the same thing. It doesn't say anything different. Sphardea is a singular frog. So it's difficult to say. And since a swarm of frogs is really just the same as... It's just part of all the other swarming uh, creepy creepy kind of uh, reptiles and, and, and bugs. So there shouldn't be a separate word to denote that in Sphardea. So it's, it's a bit difficult. However, it's not understood why does Rashi find it simple to say that kinam means the swarming team of, of lice? And that's why Rashi doesn't bring a proof from it. He just says that's what it means. Whereas by batala, Rashi does tell us it means the, the mass of, of, of Tsvardim, Rashi seems to have a little bit of a, a skepticism or a little bit of a doubt about it. He brings it as a second pyrr, He doesn't even bring it as a first person and he says, yes, Shlema, we could say. Yes, Shlema is is, is, is saying that we need to kind of force this, that the swarm of frogs is called in a singular, like the teeming mass of frogs. So in other words, um, it's, it's, it's difficult to see why Rashi, Rashi brings this as a second pshat, it's the pshat, but it's difficult to learn it as pshat, that it means the swarm of frogs. So Gimel, Mepharshim explained that the reason why Rashi has to learn this way by kinim that it means a swarming mass of lice is because it says kinam. There's a difference in the vowelization. It's not the the, the, the plural of kinim, it's not the singular of kina. So we have to say it's, there's a reference here to some kind of a, a plural individual. Well, that is the team, it's referring to the teeming swarm and mass of lice. So the coin is not understand that that's why it doesn't really give us a full proof on how we can translate the word Tzvidea because the word Tzvidea uh, uh, how do we know it doesn't mean singular in Kinam there's a difference in the vowelization. Tzvidea is the exact same word which denotes a singular frog and this is also what Rashi is, uh, is saying Rashi says we know that by the lice there's a and it means a teeming mass of lice Then Rashi says, Mm -hmm. And also, the frog went up can also mean that. In other words, it's an inference. It's not so simple to say it about the frog. I need to I wouldn't say it on my own without having the backup of a concept of the word kinam, which means a teeming mass of lies. Now I can also kind of imply it to the word frog individual and say it means the the mass of frogs. And that's why Rashi also brings Grinulira Belas. He doesn't say, Rashi doesn't give the French for frog. It says the word frog has been said several times. Obviously, the um, the, the, the five-year-old does not need a French word to understand what a frog is. Only when Rashi says that the word Tzvadehim means the swarm of frogs, and we already know the word Shirutz, we already know from before, because it says even in this passage, the, the 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 river. Swarmed forth with frogs. So when he's talking about the swarm of frogs, so we know the word we know the word swarm. So why does he bring a French for it? No, but the reason he's bringing a French for it is because the word frog in French is not grinolira. it's grinoli. If to learn French to say it, uh, you could do a Google and ask for French, uh, (laughs) and that a five-year-old knows because even today in French, it's grinuli or however you say it in French. Yet the word for a swarm of fr- frogs in the French is different. It's not "girilure"; it's "girinolira." Just like by "kinam," when it doesn't say kinam, it says "kinam." Also, in the French, there's a different word. It's not the same word for louse; it's for a swarm of lice. Not the same word. Yeah. Nonetheless, since um, so so since so so that's why Rashi bringing the French to tell you that even though it says the word svardeya, it means a swarm of frogs, like the equivalent of French, which there is a word that's specially used for a swarm of frogs. However, since the Torah calls the swarm of lice with the name kinam, notwithstanding the fact that swarming, the swarming concept is not limited to lice, so why, why give it a special name for lice? So nonetheless, Yeshlema, we could say, so since the Torah did it by lice, we could say the same thing by frogs. It's a special name for the teeming mass, the swarm of frog, which is not two words, which is frog and swarming mass, but it goes into one word. That one word can also mean, svadeh can also mean a swarming mass, not just an individual frog. So according to this, we will be able to understand why Rashi first says the Medrash before the Pshat, because the Pshat is a little bit more, difficult to put into the posse, it's not so simple right, we have to go to the lice and we have to be saying that there's a, that even though it's a, even though you could have used two words that the, that the frogs swarmed, there's one word both for lice and for frogs that talk about the, the mass of, of swarming frogs so that's why Rashi here chooses to speak the medrash first, which seems easier to explain than the pshat However, truthfully, can't say that only because of this is Rashi prefaced the Pshat of the Medrash. Why? So here we're going to find an interesting diuk in Pshutoy and Pshutoy Shalmikr, when Rashi wants to emphasize that that his interpretation, his explanation fits with the pshat, with a simple reading, and it's not according to the Medrash. So Rashi says, there's two ways Rashi expresses this. Either like in our case, Rashi says, the simple meaning is X, Y, Z, or base the simple meaning of the pasuk is X, Y, Z. What's the difference? We understand simply the differences. When the expression is that the simple reading of the pasuk is, is like this, means that the pasuk, the general gist of the pasuk, is explained in a simple way like this. When you say upshutai, that its simple meaning is, without saying the simple meaning of the pasuk, so there it's exactly referring to the simple meaning of this particular word or concept, which Rashi has said his pirush on. Even though it could be, it doesn't fit into the whole pasuk so well. So should be, according to that, if we want to say, that the fact that Rashi first brings the medrash before bringing the simple meaning of the pasuk, it's because the translation of swarm of frogs doesn't fit so well with the word frog, tzvardaya. however the medrash fits well. One frog came up, and then from that came many frogs. So then it's the exact reverse. Then Rashi shouldn't have said, so then the word doesn't fit in the in the Pashto Rashi Rashi's bringing. The concept does because it's a swarm of frogs that the whole Pasuk speaks about, but not the word, right? So he, shouldn't, he should have said that the Pshut Yishal the simple meaning of the Pasuk, fits in well with saying that Tzvardea means swarm of frogs. Whereas mm-hmm. the Medrash doesn't fit in with the, with, with the, with the total Pasuk, because in the, in the rest of the Pasuk, only the word Tzvardea fits in better in the Medrash. Because the rest of the Pasuk, there's no hint at the fact that there was a miracle and this spewed forth or, or sprinkled forth Swarms and swarms of frogs. So actually the first pshat is the medrash. And it's a nest that you can only learn from, from, from medrash. But that actually fits the pasuk better. Sorry, that actually fits the word better. It's But pshuteh shalmikah, the pasuk, fits better talat zvadeh. The frog went up, which means the swarm of frogs. But yet Rashi says it's pshuteh, it's pshuteh of the word that fits better. Saying it's a swarm of frogs. How does that make sense? Another Question in Rashi. Rashi has already told us in Parshas Vayishlach that it's customary, that it's customary to say about many bulls. The word sure is singular. In other words, that a species, if you have many of them, they can just be called on the name of the species. For example, in English, how many deer do you have? One deer, two deer. Like deer, like, uh, you know, D E E R. So Rashi also could have said here very simply that the frog went up means many frogs. Aye, it says, singular means the species of frogs. Talking the singular is going on the species. So there's Mepharshim that explain. The reason Rashi doesn't explain this is because there's a difference here in the Pusach that Rashi is really trying to address. And that is, in the continuation of this parasha speaking about the plague of frogs, So there's another ten times where it's mentioned in plural tsvardiim frogs. So why is this pasuk of all the other psukim changing and calling it singular matalatzvarde? So for this we understand that it's not talking about the species. Otherwise it should have used the singular whenever it's talking about the many frogs. But this pasuk is coming to tell us something unique with its singular language to tell us something that only happened here where, where it's being used here. In other words, only at the beginning when vatal, when Harem brings up that frog, that's when it was singular. Because then it became, spawned forth from it, broke forth from it, swarms of frogs. So the we understand that the, the medrash, even though it's only a drash, but there's a de- definite benefit in translating the word literally, that it was one frog which broke off into many over Trying to say it means the sw- that the word svardei means swarm of frogs, and it fits better. The medrash fits better in Actually, in the context of the pasuk, because daf according to the medrash, we understand why here the pasuk says singular, whereas the rest of the pasukim is always speaking about um, plural. Even though according to this pirush, we also explain why it doesn't say everywhere loshin yachid. Because not every—it it only makes sense to say singular when it's speaking about the the swarm. Not everywhere is it speaking about the swarm. However, on the contrary, it should have always—and here also said, plural. In other words, even if we can explain that not everywhere could it have used this singular language, okay. So it couldn't have used singular language singular language everywhere. But you could have had—you uh, uh, um, could have used plural language right here as actually the passage continues that the sorcerers did the same thing and they raised the frogs so even if you want to say that they did the same thing as Aaron, they brought up one frog and then it was beaten and many frogs came from it, but it's, it's called pro- frogs plural or if you want to say they brought up, sorry, the swarm of frogs it doesn't use the language of singular, it uses language of plural about whether or not they were able to bring up one frog and do the same thing I'm um, sorry. I I made a commentary which is not so simple. You can go to Ha'oda Twenty One. There's quite a depth into that. How the sorcerers? What does? What did the sorcerers do? Did they mimic Aaron totally or not? But well, that's a different discussion. And therefore, Rashi brings a second shot. So what we're saying is that the first shot fits very well in the pesukim. Vatalat Why does it speak about one singular? Because Aaron brought up one. And that's why Rashi brings the second pshat. um, That's why Rashi brings, the the, to say a swarm of frogs, only the second pshat. Because the first pshat fits better actually into the pshuk. However, it's not still answered. So why is this word, why do we say that the second, that the pshat, that it's talking about, that the word tzvadeh means swarm of frogs. Why is that better in pshutoy, in the simple meaning of the word? Why is it better than the Medrash? The Medrash seems to fit better in the word. We understand how the Medrash fits better, Shulmikher and all the Psukim for sure. But it would seem that the Medrash also fits better in the actual word. So here it says the Rebbe, well, the explanation is like this: the fact that Rashi, what Rashi is trying to explain to us here is not just the difficulty of the word Sfardeya. Why doesn't so why everywhere else it says plural Sfardeya here says But more than that. The whole language that Aaron brought up at Zvardaya, is a direct opposition to the instruction that he seems to have from Hashem. It says that Hashem instructed Aaron, stretch out your arm with your stick and bring forth, bring up the frogs. Plural. Well, the fact that it says raise the frogs. Not like what it says by locusts where it says stretch out your arm on Egypt in order that the locusts should come forth, similarly by other plagues, doesn't necessarily say that he brings the plague. Do this so that the plague should start. Here it says, bring up the frogs. Which means not enough to just do what you're supposed to do and the frogs will come up. You have to actually bring up the frogs. You have to complete the mission. How did he do it if he only brought up one frog? He didn't fulfill the mission. That's why Rashi says, and they were beating it and it split forth into many swarms even though Aharon brought up one. So how did he fulfill bringing up many? Because it was a kind of frog which splashed forth from it, swarms and swarms. Spritzed. Sprayed away. It sprayed out of it, many swarms. Just like when we talk about banging water. So what happens when you bang a stick on water? Spritzed, water sprays. It's not new water droplets that are being created when you hit the water. It's the water that was there, sprays forth. So similarly, with this tsfardeya, with this frog that came out of the the Egyptian waters, it doesn't matter who banged. It doesn't matter if Aaron created all the frogs. The frogs were all there. Whoever would bang it, the frogs would come spraying out. So that's why Rashi also doesn't have to say that, um, that the Mitzrim did it. Which in the Tanḥumah, it says the mitzvah were beating it, and the frogs came out. It's not important because what's important is that Aaron brought up the frog, and residually from that frog, many other frogs came out. Going back to is it big? If we're saying that it kind of it's like splashing water, uh, it's not a new thing. It just came splashing forth, and maybe then it makes sense to say it was a very big frog because then it was like just like splitting forth from it all these other swarms of frogs. But I'm again, you know, I'm not sure if there's any indication here in this sicha that it was a big frog. According to this, we understand why Rashi doesn't just say like the Gemara and Shema Yisraba. That it whistled and they came, or it spawned forth all kinds of frogs. Because if you say that, it means Aaron didn't actually bring up more than one frog. And the multitude of frogs came through the other frogs. Either they whistled or they spawned forth. So he didn't do the, the, the mitzvah of the hal. He was instructed, raise the frogs. That's why Rashi says, Rashi says it differently. He raised one frog, but that frog was an incorporation. All it had to do was splash forth from it all the other swarms of frogs. So then he raised one frog, but that was really the catalyst. From that came all the other frogs, in in a, in a in a in an almost residual way, in, a, in an almost automatic way. Just that to, just needed someone to bang it, and boom, sprayed forth frogs, swarms of frogs. Zion. Since this pasuk says clearly. That the instruction to Aaron, which was raise the frogs. So it has to say also in this passage that Aaron did it. Where do we see? It says he brought up one frog. Where do we see that it, that it's hinted here at least that he brought up one frog, which was the, which was the which which was the setting for all the frogs? So the explanation is like this. Vatalat can be translated in two ways. Interesting. Either Vatalat the frog came up, or Vatala the frog brought up. In other words, it caused others to be brought. Ah. So in these two details in the Medish one, Aaron brought up the frog, and the frog brought up other frogs. So the medish based on that, we can now see it in the words. In other words, Aaron brought up a frog which sprayed into many frogs. That would be in the actual word. The frog came up, and the frog brought up all the other frogs. So now we'll understand why Rashi brings the drash. The way the Rashi brings it, he says, Matezes, Nechilim, Nechilim. He brings it on which words that it, it, it was banged and spawned forth swarms on the word, not that it covered Egypt, which you would think, how is one frog covering Egypt? You would have to, that would be where he needs to explain that it gave forth many frogs. No, he says this, Pshat, it gave forth many frogs, and the medishan batal there, Because he's trying to explain that in the words that the, that the, the frog came up, there's two aspects. The frog came up and that frog brought up all the other frogs. Yes, even though this pirish has a a, has, has a grounding in the language of the apostle, but the rash says, this is the medrish. Because according to this pirish, you're going to have to say that there's two things incorporated in that one word and the frog came up. It means that one frog came up and it means that frog brought up many other frogs. In pshat, it can only mean one thing. That the word doesn't mean two things. So that's why I said that's the medrish. Nonetheless, and, and the pshat is, that means, that one word, Svardeya, has to mean a swarm of frogs. Because otherwise Aaron didn't, didn't, didn't do his fulfillment. So we say, you no know, when he says he brought up the frog, it means the swarm of frogs. However, actually doesn't bring, so it makes more sense in the word. Right? That's why it's pshutai. The word, to say it means one frog that spawned into other frogs, That that's that's a word being used in two ways. The frog came up and the frog brought up. It's not the simple meaning of the word. However, Rashi brings this mean. This Rashi brings this explanation that it's the swarm of frogs. Even though it fits better in the word, he brings it secondary. Why? Because when we talk about the content of the psukim, the pirush of the medrash is better in the pshutishal mikra. It fits the, the whole the whole uh, series of psukim better. Also, the actual translation of the word svardeya actually works better in the medrash. Because to say that it's a swarm of frogs, remember, it's a, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a forced thing because, yeah, we're taking it from the word lice and you see Rashi's not 100% comfortable with it. Okay, it, it does fit the word and he can make it work. But the medrash really fits well. Spardea, one frog came up and it, it's singular. So that's why Rashi first brings the medrash, unusual, because the medrash fits the whole context here better. And then he says, but there is a way to learn the actual word as well. it makes it second. Because there's a little bit of a of a, of a forcedness in the shooting. Now let's get to the Yena Shaltera, the wine of Taylor in this rash. We have a rule that if you start a mitzvah, we tell you finish the mitzvah, as our sages. Um, as our sages warn us about the the, the 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 harsh punishments, God forbid, that can come if somebody starts a mitzvah and doesn't finish the mitzvah. More than that. Especially when learning Torah with somebody, we have to make sure to place it in front of them in a, in a way that it's a finished product. It's like the word Shulchan Aruch, because I'll tell us it should be like a Shulchan Aruch. Moshe was instructed to put it in front of the Jewish people like a set table. That's why Shulchan Aruch is called a set table because when we learn halachas, it's set out for us without all of the back and forth. It's just that. What do you got to do? Tell me what the menu is. What do I have to eat? Shulchan Aruch tells you instructions. That's the way you have to make sure to teach somebody, not just give him the, the, the threads, put it together you know set the table for him like it's ready to eat he should know how to how to conduct himself on the other hand he has to know that if there's some extenuating circumstances, there's something that's prohibiting him from finishing it he knows at the outset he's not going to be able to finish the mitzvah he's not allowed to hold himself back from even starting the mitzvah he has to do whatever he can as we find by Moshe Rabbeinu, that Moshe Rabbeinu had the mitzvah of doing the Arim Miklat, the cities of refuge. He knew he's not going to be able to do the ones in Israel, but he said, I'm going to do the ones on the other side of the Arden where there I am here now and I can do it even though they don't start operating until the ones in Eretz Yisrael are also separated and allocated. But a mitzvah, She'ef She'le Kaim Rabbeinu said, a mitzvah I'm able to do right now, even though it's only part of the mitzvah, and it's not going to actually activate, I'm going to do now what I can understood that if there's a doubt, um, what's the, the fulfillment, the completion of the mitzvah? So if it's tzedakah, you got to do more. As more tzedakah you do, the better. But if it's a mitzvah that's got to do, let's say, with beating somebody for their infraction, for their violation of a mitzvah, like in the times of the base, did, there were 39 lashes, oh, then don't add. Because if you add, you make may chas uh, cause damage to the person. Uninstructed. You were instructed to give 39. There's even an opinion, the Rebbe says, that the reason, the their opinions, well, you know, uh, opinions way back, that the reason why the Chachamim said, the Torah says, I cannot give 40 lashes, to the Torah, the Chachamim said 39, that the reason the Chachamim took off one lash, from what the Torah says, is in order that in case the base never gives one more, miscalculating, they won't be in violation, so when in doubt, take one off, to create a barrier, a buffer, in case somebody because you don't want to do more than 40 that would be a major violation so when in doubt when punishing and in doubt do less when giving and in doubt give more so according to the first Peshat comes out that Aaron when he said that he brought up the Tzvadim the the frogs um, really he just brought up the what he did was bring up the frogs the frog which was also incorporated therein was the frogs but the next piece of the puzzle that swarmed forth over the whole Egypt he didn't really do that However, the second shot, if you say that he brought up the swarms of frogs, the word batala means he brought up the swarms of frogs, that means he brought up the whole plague. So, did he bring up one? Did he just bring up one frog, which later resulted not directly from him? It was his action, but the result kind of developed later, or did he actually bring up the full result? Well, let's understand where we're getting at here. The plague of frogs had two. Points. One of them was simply to beat up the Egyptians. That's why in the push the, pshat, the the plague needed to beat the Egyptians. He brought up a swarm. He brought up the whole trouble, the whole the whole beating. The other thing that this Maka was supposed to do, this plague, really the, 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 the purpose of the plague, if you want to, darshan, if you want to get deeper into what is the plague for, the plague is an order Parish should, should have a, 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 a thinking moment and come to his senses and send the people out. Vashal Hassam. So according to the Medrash, if you are looking deeper, what was the uh, what was the purpose of the plague? So all he had to do was bring up the thing that would arouse Pare to be thinking, which is bring up the frog, which then became a whole swarm of frogs, caught Pare's attention, but he doesn't have to actually bring up the swarm. The frog that then spawns with this just starting it is gonna already lead to Pare thinking. In other words, according to them, if if we learn the Torah and the Medrash, so, um, also when we come to the instruction, bring up the frogs, we also look at the Medrash. In other words, Hashem's instruction meant, bring up the frogs, not necessarily a lot of frogs, bring up the frogs in a way that Pari gets the message. And since Aaron had that option, to minimize the frogs and just do it in a way that it gets prior attention. It's like we said in Malkus: if there's if there's a, a minimum, a maximum, you can try and do the minimum, right? And then you for sure won't do too much. Yud. So here's the here's the teaching. Here's the lesson for us from the first pirosh that Aaron brought up one sfardaya, one frog. What do we learn? That also when it comes to me that's put on use, also when it comes to punishment, to beating up Egypt, so if that's the way we say when it comes to to punishing Egypt, so when it comes to doing something good, how much more so? In other words, in other words like this, if we can even do the minimum when it comes to beating up Egypt, and that may be sufficient, so when we're scared that why should I start doing something good, it may not be able to be completed for sure you shouldn't say that. Because you may actually be minimizing what you could do. But from the second Pirush, which tells us that actually, no, Aaron Pshat, which said that he brought up the swarm of frogs. He actually completed the mitzvah. From this we have the teaching that we have to try and do a mitzvah in its most complete way from beginning to end. And when we're, for example, talking about the mitzvah of bringing another Jew closer to Torah mitzvahs. Especially with teaching him Torah, which Torah is corresponding to everything. Torah is, is everything. We have to make sure not to just start him off on the path of bringing him closer to Torah. We also have to try and be meccal of him all the way till the end. Till we bring him to the point where it's like a shulchan oruch. He's like, he's like at the top of, he's the top of his game. You bring him to the top, top level. If, however, there's a matzah where well, you can't do that, you're only going to be able to do the beginning. You're only going to be able to start off you're the, the bringing close of the other person to turn the mitzvah so a person could think what's the achievement that i'm going to start to do with somebody else when i can't really bring him to his full state i don't know if i'm going to be able to finish off why should i bother starting ah for here we have the oh a mitzvah that comes to your ability start it do what you can and in general you don't have to be the one making the calculations but those hidden things of the why are you mixing it's not your business you gotta start. You gotta do how much you can. Try and bring another yid closer, and then when you do everything that you can, a good thought, Hashem joins it together with the deed. In other words, He's gonna do His part. Hashem's gonna make sure that this connects and brings and, and brings down your good thought, your your deed, into a fulfillment, the full fulfillment of what needs to be done by the other person, and therefore. Uh, one second no, I'm not sure if I translated this well when a person does everything that's dependent on him a good thought Hashem joins it to the deed Make sure that your good thought what you wanted to achieve actually becomes achieved in fruition perhaps not by you you just started and you had intention to finish you did what you could Hashem make sure it gets finished in some other way and when the Abishter is finishing the mitzvah, ah, then then it's then it's done without any limitations to the absolute best.